This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. What a better time to begin to kind of explain this and, and pour out the heart than at the beginning of this year. So I want us to look at, at these three words, and I'm going to do my best. There, there's nothing really spectacular. There's no fancy definitions that's anything different than simply what you probably know they are. But I simply want to communicate the heart of why we're following this and why we're, uh, we're shooting for this and what our goal is in the process of following these three words. So today, we will begin a conversation of connection. The purpose of what you just did was because you made a purposeful, intentional connection. If you look somebody in the eye, you told them, I'm really glad to see you today, you probably did it a little bit different than the first time you shook their hand or maybe the first time you walked by in passing. It's just the way it works. It, it, it probably, unless you're a very intentional person and you look at somebody intently and you express the true appreciation for their presence in front of you, unless you're intentional, you typically don't do it the way that we could, right? Would you agree? We pass people all the time. We see people every day, you, whether it's in, in your workplace, whether it's somebody that's in front of you, whether it's somebody uh, at a restaurant you go to. I know I never, I'm going to make a confession for just a second. I never remember a waitress's name that waits on a table for us. I, I don't do it. I'm not intentional. I've started trying to recognize names, and if I go to Walmart, I'll go through the, the line, and I, some names I can't always pronounce. The, the girl that checked us out at Walmart the last time we were there, her name was K-E-I. I guess that might would be Key or K, I don't really know. So I did not say her name. I said, how you doing tonight? Good to see you. You doing all right? And she was like, yeah. But I'm really trying my best to do better connecting with people. Not just people that I see and interact with. Micah and I hope are fairly connected. I'm not talking about that kind of connection. I'm talking about people that are more of an acquaintance. People that maybe we only see twice a week. Or people that you don't ever see again. We have an opportunity to share the love of God through a simple connection. Looking somebody in the eye and just saying, hey, good morning. Are you okay? You're doing awesome. You look great today. Have a good day. A simple connection makes a world of difference. I want you to watch a video. This guy talks really fast, way faster than I do. So he's going to say something in like three minutes that if you're not really paying attention, you're going to miss what he says, okay? Watch this video real quick. Time to get that multitasking, 100 billion neuron connecting, priority arranging segment of your wonderfully constructed brain to contemplate this. Ever wonder how many handshakes take place in a day? How many hugs happen? How many one-to-one face-to-face conversations go on? What about glances, kisses, laughs, and prayers, ways we connect? And you, right there, right now, how are you connected to the person next to you, the people around you, your friends, your enemies, the strange dude at the mall? How about the movies you watch, the books you read, the messages all around you? And how do you connect differently than people connected in the past? So many thoughts, ideas, blogs, texts, posts, and tweets these days. Everybody wants to connect to someone or something, and the world wide web of intersection and connection has changed everything. Get this. 
One out of eight couples married in the U.S. in 2008 met through social media. Unfortunately, half will be divorced in five years, connected and disconnected. There are over 500 million active Facebook users who spend over 700 billion minutes per month clicking, posting, uploading, and downloading. An average user is connected to 80 community pages, groups, and events, and each person creates 90 pieces of content each month. Folks got a lot to share, a lot to say. So much that the average user spends 55 minutes per day, 6.5 hours per week, or about 1.3 full days per month on Facebook. And that's just people sitting around home, because more than 200 million are on Facebook through mobile phones nowadays, because long lost are the days of landline phones, busy tones, and yeah, David Jones. And speaking of cell phones, in 2004, 674 million were sold, which is 105 million less than the 779 million sold in 2005, which is nothing compared to the almost 4 billion sold in the last three years. Some people in the world who don't have toilets or houses have cell phones. People really want to connect. But wait, there's more. One trillion text messages were sent in 2008, 1.5 trillion in 2009, and then it went up to 6.1 trillion just recently. That's a thousand texts per person for every person on the planet. That's a lot of connecting. Yet this hasn't even scratched the surface. There's over 50 million tweets per day, over 60 million LinkedIn people, and 43 million people still visit MySpace per month. Then there's however many millions on Neem, Tag, Meetup, Bebo, My Yearbook, and Friendster looking at everything from posts to pics to video. Speaking of which, it would take you over 27 years without sleeping to watch all the videos uploaded on YouTube just this week. Everybody wants to connect. Connect with a friend. Connect with family. Connect to the past. Connect to the future. Connect to God. No. Hmm. Connect with God. The one who created connections, voices, images, ears, eyes, smiles, kisses, glances, faces, friends, music, color, stars, electricity, light, laughter, and love, just to name a few? Connect with him? And what does that mean? Well, you connect the dots. The one that I think gets me is the fact that you could sit for 27 years and watch or not watch the YouTube videos uploaded this week. That's crazy. Now, I think this, that video may have been a year or two old. So I'm sure those statistics have drastically changed. We are a people that have more information at our fingertips than we've ever had, yet we're the least connected that we've ever been. Would you agree? You will, and maybe you won't, but I promise there's people that do, and you know people that do. There's people in this room that probably do. We'll sit in the room together and text a conversation rather than have it face-to-face. We don't, we, we're, we feel like we're connected because we're communicating in some way, but really we're not connected at all. Because what we're missing when we're communicating through technology or even on a, a phone call, and a phone call is much more connected than technology because you hear the emotion from somebody. But you can misread a text so many ways. You can read a Facebook post and it means so many different things based on how you as the reader feels. Right? Connections are so important. We were created to connect. I want to read a passage of scripture out of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Reading 19 through 22, the Apostle Paul's writing, he says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. 
having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We were created for connection. What are the connections, though, that we were created for? Well, first and foremost, we were created for a connection with God. You see this in the beginning in the book of Genesis, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Specifically at this point, uh, Adam and Eve have been disobedient. They have eaten of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. They have realized that they're naked and they're in hiding. But you see something that's very special, and I wish that maybe we could actually experience it in a different way today, but you see God walking through the garden looking for Adam and Eve. I don't know about you, but God the Father doesn't physically walk with me, and he don't walk through my house and say, hey, Mitchell, where you at? The Holy Spirit walks with me and communes with me, dwells within me, but this was a little bit different. And from the very beginning, we see this special connection between God and man. We see God looking for the relationship, looking for the fellowship. He, he was strolling through in the cool of the day, the early morning hours, looking for the people that he had created. I don't typically go walking with just anybody. I don't typically go walking a whole lot, period. But if I go walking, it's going to be with somebody that I want to connect with. Otherwise, I'm going walking by myself. And God is walking through the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, and, and he's walking, looking, and he calls out, Adam and Eve, where, where are you? And we know they're in hiding, and Adam calls out, we're here, Lord, we're hiding, we, we're naked. And he said, oh, who told you you're naked? He realized that they were not where he would usually find them. He was connected. From the very beginning of God creating mankind, he wanted connections. Even in, uh, you move on, and in Exodus chapter 25, the, the people of Israel have made their exodus out of Egypt, and they're there, and they're starting their new life, and God has given specific instructions. He's given instructions on how to build the temple. He's given instructions on what it should look like, what it should be like, but he says, uh, you should build a temple that I might dwell there. He wants to dwell among the people. We're in a different time now. They, the people have been cast out of the garden. You, you know the story. And here now God is no longer walking the earth with people. So here he says, build a temple that I might dwell with you. So even after the disconnect, even after the sin, even after the fall, God desires a connection with mankind so bad that he says, build this temple. Here's your specifications. Do what I've told you to do. Build it the way I've told you to build it, that I might dwell there. God is looking for the connection with people. Well, then we move to the New Testament. And you can see in John chapter 1, in the beginning, the Word was God. The Word was with God. Then you read on and it says, the Word became flesh to dwell among them. So now it's gotten to the point that God's desire for connection with man has gotten so strong that he literally sends his son physically to walk the earth to be in connection with us. The Word became flesh 
What more of a connection could we have ever asked for than to physically have God walking along this earth with us? The disciples experienced it. The people experienced a physical connection. They could literally touch Jesus. God wants us connected with him. Not only does God want us connected with him, but God connect, uh, created us to be connected with each other. When he created Adam in Genesis chapter 2, he said, It's not good for man to be alone. Did you know it's not good for you to be alone? Amen? Sometimes you need somebody to tell you to sit down and shut up. Amen? Sometimes you need somebody to, to lift you up and say, hey, attaboy, keep going. You're going to be all right. It's not good for us to be alone. When we get alone, our mind begins to tell us what self is going to do. Sometimes I need Micah to tell me what self is going to do. Sometimes I need a friend to step alongside me and say, hey, get over it. You're all right. Move on. You did a good job. You're doing good. Keep pushing forward. We've got to have connections. And God said it's not good that man would be alone, so he put Adam into a deep sleep. He took a rib out of Adam, and he, he created woman. And now the, the one has become two, and then the two again become one. And regardless, it was about a connection. It was about connecting with each other. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, the word tells us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. That means that I can earn more, not only physically in a physical labor, but I can earn more in the kingdom and in my spiritual labor. I can earn more if there's more of me than just me. I can't do it by myself. I would be lost walking through ministry without my wife. We would be lost walking through ministry without each other, without helpmates, without, without people that are connected to us, without a leadership team around us. We would be lost as a church. I'm sorry to tell you, but you nor I could walk in here on a Sunday morning and be fruitful right by ourselves. That's not possible. We could worship the Lord. He would honor our worship. He would receive it as a worship offering. That would be the end. There would be no reward for any labor alone. We'd run ourselves to death. God created us to be connected. He goes on, he says, For if they fall, not one, but two. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who falls alone. For he has nobody to help him get up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can warm one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. Threefold cord is not easily broken. We were not connected to walk through life by ourselves. And if we weren't, we weren't created to walk through life physically, to walk through our everyday life by ourselves, what would make us think we're created to walk through the spiritual life that God's put before us, to walk through his purpose and his plans for each one of us, but even as a body, what would make us think we could do it alone? We can't do it alone. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir, maybe this, well, duh, pastor, that just makes sense. Okay, I agree it does. So that means there's so many people outside of these four walls that need to be connected. 
We know we can't do it alone. We also know they can't do it alone. They might not realize it. They might not have a clue why life is struggling. They don't understand why, why they're beat down and busted and disgusted and, and why life is hard. It doesn't make it, life doesn't necessarily change when we're connected. It just means we're locked arm in arm and rather than walking through life alone, we're walking through our struggles as an army. And if we know that, then it's our job to connect somebody else to the connection. The more links we put in this chain, the stronger the chain is. He didn't only create us to be connected with him. He didn't only connect us to be created with each other. He connected us to be created with the church. You can find this all throughout scripture. When the early church started in Acts chapter 2, Luke writes that they would gather together daily. They were eating together. They were fellowshipping. They were worshiping together. 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 Amen? Together. And as they did these things together, it says that the Lord added to their fellowship daily. It doesn't say that they... I have no idea what their worship service might have looked like. I don't know what I see in my Bible that they got together and they ate and they fellowshiped. Amen? And as they ate and as they fellowshiped together, the Lord blessed and, and multiplied their number. Sure, life change had to be taking place during the eating and during the fellowship because they were now becoming disciples. There were 120 disciples when Jesus left. And there were over a million a century and a half later. That's crazy. They made connections. We were created to be connected. In Ephesians, Paul talks all about the church being the body. He also talks about it in 1 Corinthians and, and, and all about the body being a living organism. And the church represents the body and Christ is the head and each one of us have a place. One interesting thought is this finger on this side still belongs to this finger on this side. As they're connected, the same blood that runs through the vein in this finger runs through the vein on my pinky toe. And it belongs to this body. Church is not a place to go to and something to do, but it's a place to belong. It creates a place of belonging. Because as you accept your assigned role, whatever it may be, as you accept your place in this body, if it's a link linked up in the chain as we carry each other through, as, as little or small as you may think it is, it's a part of the body. And you now belong to the body. You don't belong to self anymore. I'm sorry, but I, the Lord has taken your ownership away from you when you stepped into the body of Christ and you no longer belong to yourself. You're part of the body. We're now part of this, this vine, this big vine. I love to think of it as a grapevine. The vine, he says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. The branches are nothing without the vine. We can be nothing without the, the source coming from God, okay? We agree with that. The branch that's connected on this side still belongs to the same vine as the branch on this side. We're a body. 
Paul teaches that each part of the body has its own specific function. You know that. Your eyes see, your nose smells with your olfactory nerve. Every specific part of the body, your eyelashes have a role in your body. And if that, per, that specific part does not perform like it's supposed to, the whole body goes into a place of disrupt. If my eyelashes don't keep dirt out of my eye, my hands are not going to be focused on figuring out what in the world has made its way into my eye. My hands are not able to perform the function that they're created to perform because they're digging in my eyeball. You with me? If I hurt my foot, I got some kind of heel spur or something on my, my left side. It really ain't hurting right now. But, but that one heel causes my whole body to ache. Because I start walking different. I start walking with a limp. And I, I'm trying not to walk with a limp because I don't want people to see me walk with a limp. So then I'm like trying to compensate. And it's all, that one part of my body throws everything off. If one part of the body hurts, the body hurts. If one part of the body rejoices, we all get to celebrate. It took me two good days to get over my caffeine withdrawal when we started this fast. I walked around in a daze, Monday and Tuesday, confused. Couldn't even really think straight and didn't understand what in the world is wrong with me. And then I think, doofus, you've had no caffeine. It messed up everything. Something that should have been so simple... The, the part of my, it should have been so easy. And it was like I could not function. My whole body suffered because I wasn't receiving an intake that I had been receiving. Now, I'm wide awake, wake, perked up, ready to go, and I ain't had a lick of coffee. The Lord even blessed me this morning. I didn't even have to have my tea. My voice is all right. When part of the body suffers, we all suffer. We all have a special place. The interesting part of all this for me, though, make sure I ain't missed nothing. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 3.16, that we're the temple. And I really like the way that he puts it in the verse that I gave you. He elaborates a little more. And he says, you're no longer slaves, you're no longer foreigners, but now you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. When we make a connection to the church, not just this church, this is our mission as this church. But when we make a connection to the church, we're now connected to the household of God. I've done my best to call you family since the day that I got here. We are the Sapona Road family. Everything that we do will have the Sapona Road family on it because you and I, when you stepped into the church, when you made a connection to the church, you became part of a family. You joined the household of God. I'm not the head of the household. Jesus is the head of the household. The house is built on the cornerstone of Jesus. You with me? Don't, it's, it's not about us. It's not about this, this body, the big body of the church. When you connected, you became part of the household of God. 
He said, and that household is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. We see, see so many scriptures. We see, we understand how the church was designed to be connected, how it was designed to go forth, how we're designed to grow. He said, but with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. But this is what I want you to hear. In whom the whole building being lifted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. The whole building growing together. We have to be connected. One pastor, I almost brought a set of Legos in and I almost took his little illustration because it was really awesome. He said, you and I are like Legos. Legos come in all different shapes, all different sizes, all different colors. I have a ridiculous number of Legos. I have all different shapes, all different sizes, all different colors. And I'm old enough now, they've come out with all kinds of colors since then. But every Lego is designed to connect with another Lego. One Lego brick on its own is nothing. It's boring. But when you begin stacking these Legos and you begin putting them together, you can create anything. If you've ever been to, to Orlando, you've ever been to Florida, I love to go to this Disney Springs now, but the downtown Disney area, whatever, it's the huge Lego store. In the middle of the lake, they got a dragon built out of Legos. It's ridiculous how long it took somebody to build a dragon sitting in a lake. I'm not talking a little dragon. It's bigger than this room. It's huge. And it all started with a brick. The bricks interlock together. They connect together. They get formed a certain way and raised up. They've created something. And you and I are simply a brick. And Paul says, as we're raised up together, as we're lifted up together, the whole building is grown into the temple of God. He said that the Spirit might dwell there. We have to connect I don't know what your goal is, but I can assure you that my heart and my passion is that the Spirit of God would dwell in this house more prominently, more, more, more felt than it's ever been. It comes through connection. We connect with the Father, we connect with each other, and we connect with the church. And as we connect... He builds the body, the temple that we are. And he lifts us up so that his spirit would come and dwell. Would you come play some song? In Exodus, he gave instructions. To the people of Israel. They had to physically build a temple. They had all these specific instructions, all these very specific details, what it had to look like, what it had to, the size it had to be, the materials it had to be built out of. See, the day that Jesus connected with earth, the story began to change. And no longer do we have to build specific temples. Every church on every corner looks different. 
We all have different styles. We all smell different. We all look different. I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about you. We no longer have to build the perfect temple anymore to have the Spirit to dwell here. Because the day that Jesus, on the Friday, you know, that he was hung on a cross, and he released his Spirit to the Father, and they buried his physical body in the ground, and it laid there until early, early, early Sunday morning when the angel came and just kind of flicked flick the, the stone out of the way. And he rose up into heaven and, and he came back later and he stayed and he walked this earth for 40 days and he, he told the disciples, he said, I promise you the comforter's coming. And Paul has very clearly taught us that no longer is the building a temple, but now you are the temple. And I'm so thankful that God doesn't have specific standards and he don't have a certain way I have to look and a certain way I have to smell and, and I have to have these certain characteristics and qualification to be the temple where the spirit would reside. I would never meet him. All we have to do is accept Jesus. We be connected. You don't think connections are important? I, you know, you can get a job by who you know. You can, you can make connections. You, somebody said one time, well, how can you say it's not important? How can you say that politicking isn't important? You get to heaven by who you know. You know Jesus. And as you and I as the body allow the Spirit to reside and dwell within us, then He lifts us up together to create the temple where the Holy Spirit would reside, would dwell. But it comes through connections. What are we doing to connect with people? What are we doing to connect with each other? Would you stand with me? I would dare to say, with the exception of maybe a few awesome guests or maybe some new people that have joined the family very recently, most of us in this room would say that you know each other. I would question whose definition are you using that you know them? Are we connecting? Are we connecting with the Father? Some of us have been having some deep conversations regarding this fast, and there is no doubt whatsoever that this fast is bringing us to a deeper, stronger connection with the Father. Every one of these light fixtures, every one of these outlets, every one of these instrument plugs up here, everything is connected. And in order for this stuff to work, it has to make a positive connection. If a wire is half hanging out of a light fixture, the light is going to flicker 
It's going to blink. It may not even work. It's got to be connected. You can go flip on a lamp. It's got a nice working bulb in it. If it ain't connected, it ain't going to do nothing. Unless we're connected to the life source with a positive, without a doubt connection, we're not thriving to be all God created us to be. Unless we're connected to the life source, we can't have connections the way that God wants us to have with each other. And unless we're connected to the life source the way that he wants us to be connected with that positive connection, we cannot be lifted up to be the temple where the spirit would dwell to the extent he would want from us. How are we connecting with people? How are we connecting with the Father? Lord, I love you. I thank you, God. God, I pray that as we stand here before you, that you would stir our hearts. God, I pray that we've been challenged. I pray that we've been moved, Father, that something that's been said, Father, you've allowed it to prick our hearts. You've revealed something to us about ourselves that maybe we didn't know, maybe we didn't realize. Father, I thank you for your connection with us. I thank you that you desire a connection from the very beginning of, of time, the very beginning of humanity, from the first human being you created. You desired a connection with him. Father, and I pray that, that we would understand you desire a connection with us just the same way, in the same way you walked in the cool of the day, in the garden. Father, your Holy Spirit wants to walk with us. Holy Spirit, you want to dwell with us. You want to lead us and guide us. Take us by the hand and walk us through our situations with boldness and confidence in who you are. I thank you that you called us to connect with each other. I thank you that we have each other to connect with. I thank you for every person that's in this room right now, God, that you have allowed us to be a link in this chain. That we don't have to stand alone. We don't have to go through the cold parts of life alone, Father. We don't have to fight our battles alone, God, but we can walk through the trials of life, through every situation, every circumstance, linked together, arm in arm, knowing that we've got somebody by our side. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your church, the church of Jesus Christ, God, that's bigger, that's beyond this body. Or that you called us to do great things. You called us to be world changers as part of the household of God. I thank you that you've placed this body of believers into that family and you've allowed us to be a simple branch connected to the vine. God, and I pray that our branches would flourish, that fruit would grow out of who we are, Father, that our lives would be fruitful, our ministries would be fruitful. God, you would begin to pour out the abundance on us. As we stand here, I want to ask that you just Take a minute and pray that, first of all, for God to forgive us for our shortfall and our weakness and our connections, not only with him, but with each other. And that he would give us an intentional spirit
that he would give us intentionality to find people to connect with, to look at the person in front of us and realize that they need us to connect. That through our connections, the life source would begin to flow through us. Father, God, you know our weaknesses, you know our strengths. Lord, and maybe we failed to connect the way you've called us to connect. Maybe we haven't understood the importance of the connection. Maybe we have been so caught up on trying to connect in other ways that we've not understood that you called us to emotionally, socially connect with people. God, I pray that you would forgive us, that we move on. Father, you give us a new desire to connect. Father, a new hunger to connect with you. Lord, as we're going through this fast, this season of prayer, what a better time to find a special connection with you, to plug in to the life source that our life would work. It would be fruitful the way you've called it to be, God, that we would begin to thrive the way you've called us and created us to thrive. God, and I pray that you would show us how to be intentional to connect with other people whether it be somebody we'll connect with one time and never see again, or whether it's somebody that we see on a regular basis, somebody we see daily. God, give us a desire to be interested in who they are, what makes people tick, what makes people, what, what gives them the path they're on, what are their visions, their hopes, their dreams. Who are the people that we come in contact with? God, and we thank you that through our connections, Lord, as we begin to connect with you, with each other, with the church, God, that you're raising up a temple of believers where your spirit would dwell in a way that he's never dwelt before. Father, we would begin to see signs and wonders out of the connections that we're making. I thank you, Father. I praise you. Hallelujah.